Thank you. I've been asked today to talk, and I've just said in Greek, what a pleasure it is for me to be here today, because when I was young like you, in those days, many, many years ago, I too would come to a mother or mother camps, and they were so beneficial for me. So I'm so moved today to see so many of you here. It's a great thing that is being done for us, for the Orthodox Church here in Australia. Now, the topic that I thought I'd talk about today is dogma and its relevance for everyday life. So let me first start by explaining what the term dogma is. Dogma is simply a fancy term that we use in church circles, and it simply means teaching. The teaching of the church. The dogmas of the church is simply another way of saying the teaching of the church. And in the same way that if you want to be, I don't know, good at physics, you need to learn the laws of physics. If you want to be good at chemistry, you need to learn the laws of chemistry. Isn't that so? Well, in the Orthodox Church too, if we really want to know what it is, that the Orthodox Church is all about. It's very important that we know what it is that the Orthodox Church teaches. And I stress that because very often we think, oh, let's leave the dogmas, maybe the teachings, for the specialised theologians. And we'll just go on doing other things. It's very important that we realise the importance of dogmas the teachings of the church, and we as Orthodox Christians, that we study the doctrines of the church. And it's more important in the Orthodox Church that we do that, because every time we go to church on a Sunday, we sing our dogmas. Dogmas are not just things that we sit and sort of reflect about. We sing. If you notice in church, and there's no excuse today, there's English translations for everything, um, if we read every Sunday, and what a beautiful thing it would be every Sunday before we go to church, to look up you know, the famous e matins and to see what it is that the chanters up there are singing. In the church we should all be participating. It's not just for the priests and the chanters to sort of get up there and do their thing. Everybody, all baptised Christians, are meant to participate. And if you notice, and if you follow what's being said, you'll see that we're using all these doctrinal terms. We're using tri-hypostatic, God-dead, um, all these terms that we actually sing. What we sing in church, our hymns that we sing in church, are not just lovely little songs, but basically what we sing in church is what we believe. And we're so overjoyed with what we believe that we break out and sing to the Lord. So it's very important, I think, that we begin to really study the formal doctrines of the church. Now, I must begin, and I know I've only got about 15 minutes. Hopefully it will be 15 brief minutes, so you will be patient with me. It's very important today when we reflect, when we're going to reflect about the term dogma, it's very important that we sort of sit back for a little while 
and see what it is that it means, what the term really means. Because out in society out there, the term dogma is a very negative term. If I want to criticise somebody for being inflexible, rigid, not wanting to compromise, not wanting to talk, what do we say to that? Oh, you're so dogmatic about that. Namely, inflexible, not wanting to engage in conversation. You're just very rigid. So you can see, as in society, the term dogma is something of a very negative term. It's seen in a very pejorative way. But we as Orthodox Christians must recover its true meaning. Because far from what society is saying out there that it's pejorative, it's negative, we're free human beings living in the 21st century, we're not going to follow any doctrines. We do it in all other facets of our lives. When we're studying, we need to follow the laws of what it is that we're studying. But we think for the church that, you know, we mustn't follow the doctrines of the church. And that's why today it's quite a very negative term negative meaning. So, beyond the fact that it's a negative term, meaning somebody that's inflexible, unbending, there's often a misconception among Orthodox Christians, obviously we don't think dogmas are negative, but we're afraid to familiarise ourselves with them. We think often that we'll go to church, we'll go to talks, we'll hear, let's hear about, I don't know, the virtues, love, uh, humility, and all that's important. Of course it's important. We need to know how to live our life in Christ. However, we must also know what it is really that we believe. Who it is really that we are following. Because the doctrines of our church, very often it's felt that they're just these abstract speculative sort of concepts and irrelevant. Who cares if I know that it's alleged often that God is the tri-hypostatic Godhead. And what I always say to our students at St. Andrews is that the doctrines of the church are meant to really radically change the way you live your life. I tell our students that you haven't come here to St. Andrews simply to be informed about the doctrines of the church. Hopefully you have come to be informed, but also to allow that to really work in you, to really change your life. So I usually say to students, doctrines are there, you are meant to be informed by them, you are also meant to be formed, and hopefully transformed as well. You see, doctrines change us. The Fathers, the ascetical tradition of the Church, talks about the good change that takes place in us. Kaliyaliosi. The doctrines of the Church are those which can bring about this change. They are not just abstract concepts devoid of any relevance and significance. They are very relevant to our everyday life. They are very relevant also for our salvation. So if, for example, I'm a doctor, I need to know the laws of medicine and, and what have you, if I go off a little bit when I'm operating, I can really, you know, damage somebody. So it's very important that doctors know what it is that they're doing. But we as Orthodox Christians, we're dealing with truths that affect eternity, life without end. 
So we need to really know what it is that's going to hopefully initiate us into this life without end, of which we have a foretaste here in the church on earth during our life. So the doctrines of the church very important. Not there just to be left for the experts. And I make a point of this because once I was visiting another church, another Christian church, and I heard this. And really I thought, wow, look, look at this misconception about the term dogma. I heard this from just somebody that was there. And we had all gathered to specialised theologians. And as we were walking in, we were about to have a conference. Uh, somebody I overheard saying, we should shut these specialised theologians in that room, let them work out all their differences, and we'll just go on laughing. As though doctrines were irrelevant to their life. So, hopefully today when we leave today, we'll at least begin to appreciate their significance. Not just concepts which are irrelevant to life, on the contrary, principles norms for our everyday life. And it's very important that we realise that. And that's why I'll just read what I have on that slide, and I say this to our students all the time. There is no dogma, there is no teaching in the church that is irrelevant to the actual problems of our world today. If we think that it's all about amassing knowledge of these doctrines without them then allowing us to affect our life, then I also tell our students, don't learn them. We learn the teaching of the church in order to put it into practice. If we think we're just going to learn it just so that we can say certain things about our orthodox faith, then of course these teachings remain irrelevant. Rather, we learn these teachings, we're exposed to these teachings, and then we see, how do they affect our life? How can they affect our life? Because, as Hiromaki said in a very fancy way, I was trying to understand it myself, he said that doctrines are of salvific importance. That's just a fancy way of saying that what we believe affects our salvation. So you can begin to appreciate how important it is to really learn and put into practice what it is that the Orthodox teaches about God, about God's relationship with the world, and our relationship back to God. All the doctrines of the church, all the dogmas, all the teachings, basically are and have to do with who God is, how God acts in the world, and the way we respond to God's love and action in the world. Very important that we learn so, what else I have there, I'll just read it out. Our task is not so much concerned with simply accepting and embracing these doctrines, simply because it's what the church teaches us. Of course, we need to do that. But more important, we need to see how they affect our life. And what I'm wanting to do very briefly, it takes us a whole semester at the Theological College, but very briefly, in five or ten minutes, just take one doctrine, the most central doctrine, namely the doctrine about God, the Trinitarian doctrine. We believe as Christians that God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. 
Three persons, one essence. And hopefully what I'll show you today in a very brief way is how that teaching can really affect your life when you walk out of this room today. And hopefully begin to radically change your outlook. So, before I do that, very simply, the term dogma means a divinely revealed truth. So a truth that has been given to us by God. So a divinely revealed truth. Something that God has revealed to us. We haven't, as scientists, sort of, you know, uh, worked it out by observing. That wouldn't get us to God. Rather, God has revealed these truths. Why has God revealed these truths? Simply because He loves us. And simply because He wants us to share in His life. That's why He gives us these truths. So, these truths have been given, bestowed by God as a way of us being able to approach Him, to come near to Him, to experience Him, to experience His love. And His Eminence, the Dean of the College, our Primate, Archbishop Stelianos, I would remember often in class, in dogmatics, would say, Dogmas are the new song for the Christian. It's what gives us joy. It's our basis. It's our sure foundation. It's that which gives us stability in the face of so much fluidity in the world. It's that which will get us to the other side, to God's kingdom. That's how important doctrines are. So it's our strength, our sure foundation, really giving us another experience to life. And what is that experience? Once we learn the doctrines of the church, we begin, and I've got it there in a very fancy way, you can learn some fancy theological terms, we begin to have a theocentric outlook. Don't be scared by terms like that. Let's see what it means. And I bet you you would know. Theocentric means centered, centered around Christ. Theocentric outlook. Once you learn the teachings of the church, you begin to see God in everything. The anecdote of the late Father Anisios, who would leave his candy and come running back in. And those that were around him would say, why are you coming in, Yeroda? Can't you see the presence of God in everything? It's too much for me. I'm running back in. We begin to see God in everything. And very quickly, another story that's come to mind, Father Vasilios, the former abbot of Ephiron, who came out here several times. I remember once his eminence had said, Padimu, I need to go and rest. Can you just, um, well, it's entertaining for a few hours, but can you just spend some time with him for a few hours? So I thought we'd go for a walk, and all of those of you who have come to the Archdiocese know the path next door. And right outside the Archdiocese, it's just a huge tree. As a student, I would walk you know, past that tree many times, going to the station to go home, I never even looked at it. I mean, I looked at it, but it meant nothing. And I was really moved when we went for a walk with Father Vasilios, and he sat in that tree, next to that tree, in awe for about 20 minutes. Look at that tree. Look at the roots. This is Christ. And if we have sure foundations, we will not sway according to the currents of our day. He just sat there and used that tree and just gave me a most awe-inspiring 
you know, testimony about Jesus Christ. This is what we call a theocentric outlook. To see Christ in all things. And that's why we have been put on this earth. To become Christ-like. So, that's what dogmas are. That's what they do. Very, very quick example. In the scriptures, in the Old Testament. The prophet David, in his Psalms, talks about the truths. For our purposes, we could say, talks about dogmas. And look how beautifully he describes the dogmas or the laws that we are given by God in the church. I will read it to you. The law of the Lord is perfect. So unlike society which is saying, oh, laws, dogmas, this is not for a modern democratic society. David is saying the law of the Lord is perfect. Reviving the soul, giving it life. The decrees of the Lord are sure, stable that is. Making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are correct, are right. Rejoicing, giving joy, giving joy to the heart. The commandment of the Lord is clear, enlightening our eyes. Christ, we say, is the true life. The ascetical tradition, again, I'm reminded, uh, as I'm saying this, they walk around all day saying, Kyrie, Fonti Sorbutos Kotos, just give light to my darkness. And this is what the doctrines of the church do. They give us light. They allow us to see the world as God really created it. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Now this is the this is the beauty, this is the beautiful part. More to be desired are they than gold. Even much fine gold. So gold being the most precious metal. And David is saying we should long to get to know these teachings more than we long for the most precious things of this earthly life. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold. Listen to this. Also, sweeter than honey. Can you imagine something that is sweeter than honey? St. Paul says, sweeter also than honey. And drippings of the honeycomb. This is Psalm 18, if you want to go and read it. Moving words. So, in five minutes, I'm going to reflect very briefly on one doctrine, the doctrine of the Holy Trinity, and see how that has relevance for our everyday life. Now, when we say that we believe in one God, as Christians we say that we believe in Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, a community of three divine persons, yet one God. Now, we are created in the image and likeness of God. Isn't that what we read in the very first book of the Old Testament, Genesis chapter 1? We are created in the image and likeness of God. What that means very simply is that being images of God, being created images of God, God has put us down here on earth, to reflect in a creaturely way, of course, the very life of God. What gives us true joy, true happiness, true peace within, is 
when we try to emulate, reflect, and live out the life of God. So if God is love, peace, merciful, abounding, steadfast love, and all that that we read in the Old Testament, this is what we as Orthodox Christians are meant to be as well. That's what gives us true joy. When we live like that, we really feel deep within our peace, our happiness, our joy, which is so unrelated to the peace, happiness, and joy of the world. When in our life, we come to sort of realize that and fight that all our life, and that becomes our living hell. In the very same way that biologically speaking, I need to breathe in what? Oxygen. Okay, if I breathe in some other gas, I'll kill myself. Now, spiritually speaking, I am meant to live the way God created me to live. A godly life. So, let's see who God is, and let's see how we can translate that for our everyday life. Very simply, God is three persons, yet one God. In other words, God is a community, a fellowship of love. God is three persons. He is relational. What that says for us is that we too are relational beings. Let me translate what that means. Society today says, I'm an individual and I can do what I want, when I want and how I want. That's what society says. The individual. Well, God did not create us like that. Even the term in Greek for person, prosopon, his evidence would always, and I love this about him, in class would always analyse words. And I remember once when he was analysing the term prosopon. Because without prosopon, he's not individual, person. Look at the word, cross, towards, open, oxen, person. You're only truly a person when you look into the eyes of another person. That's when you discover who you are. So unlike society today that says, I'm an individual, we need to realize that we can only truly discover ourselves in relation with another. We are relational beings. God teaches us that. The mystery of the Holy Trinity teaches us that. That's the first thing. We're not individuals, we are persons, relational beings. Another thing very quickly that the mystery of the Holy Trinity teaches us is that the power of love unites. There are three divine persons, but because their love is so constant, because their love is just so unimaginable, it unites. And St. Gregory, the father of the church, a saint of the church, a saint of the church says, in reflecting on the mystery of the Holy Trinity, he says, because of that love, no sooner do I conceive three persons, I'm led to one. And in contemplating the one, I'm led to three. Love unites. What that tells us is that we too, when we are truly loving, we truly become one. So, the power, the unity power of love. Also, the mystery of the Holy Trinity tells us very simply that there are three different persons, yeah? Father, Son, Holy Spirit, one God. The Father is not the Son or the Holy Spirit, the Son is not the Father. They are unique. Each person is unique. They're different, they're distinct. They're one God. We created in the image and likeness of God 
if we too are persons, in the same way that the divine persons are each unique, we too need to discover here on this earth our unique calling. God will never tell us when hopefully we meet him one day. You know, Philip, why weren't you like St. John Chrysostom or like St. Gregory the theologian? He'll say, Philip, why weren't you Philip? We are all unique and the spiritual life is all about discovering that uniqueness. Very important. We are not like, you know, matchbox, uh, not matchbox, um, uh, matches, you know, all the same. We're all different. But in the same way that in God, there are three persons, yet one God, we too, in discovering our uniqueness, bringing it to the church, we still remain one body. In the same way, very simple example, our physical body, there's nails, there's heads, nose, ears and what have you, all different members, yet one body. The nail is not the ear, the nose is not the mouth, they're all different. And see how they are organically united together as one. We too, here on this earth, need to discover our distinct calling, our unique charism, charisma that God has given each and every one of us. And bring it to the church for the building up of the church. That's what St. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So, life is a discovery to become me. And the very last point that I'll say is that in the same way that in the Trinity, the mystery of the Holy Trinity, there is diversity. Yeah, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, they're all different. The last thing I'll say is that they are not different from each other, but different for one another. And it's very important for us to realize that here on this earth, we need to discover what it is that God has created us to be, to discover that, to celebrate that, and then to also embrace the diversity in other people as well. We walk down the street, and we don't say, oh, this person's different. Oh, therefore, I must be at odds with this person. We must try to discover and to see how difference in other people can really enrich us, can make us more integral human beings. And that's the radical teaching of the Orthodox Church when it comes to the mystery of the Holy Trinity. Difference need not lead to separation. The difference in the Holy Trinity, that doesn't lead to separation of three gods, still one God. Difference need not lead to division. Difference, when we bring it to God, difference can become a more enriching unity. I'm set up there on the PowerPoint. Diversity is constitutive of unity. We as Christians believe that it's our diversity which really makes and holds together our unity. Now that's very different to society. Society is saying out there, I don't know, if you can, if you like golf, you can come and join you know, the golf club. We can only join certain gatherings to the extent that we are like those people who attend those gatherings. The Orthodox teaches us, the Orthodox Church teaches us, that the church is there for all. And that's why when you go into a church and you see there on the apps of the church on top of the holy altar, you'll see Banahia with her arms open and holding Christ. 
In the early church, Panagia was a symbol for Christ. And what that is telling us is that the church is there for all people. And when we come different as we are into the church, what do we become? St. Paul tells us. We become the one body of Christ. The beauty of the Christian, the beauty of the Orthodox Christian message, my friends, is that what God wants from us is for us to discover our true self, not to squash it, not to become like anybody else, but then to bring that spiritual gift into the church for the service of the church and for the building up of God's body.